For the past four years, Brenda Corley has been the principal at iconic Oceanside Academy. Now, she wants to bring her leadership skills to Mount Pleasant Town Council. I speak exclusively with Brenda for a special edition of Quintin's Close-Ups. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my YouTube channel and download my free Quintin's Close-Ups app in your Apple or Google Play stores. Brenda Corley, welcome to Quintin's Close-Ups. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming all the way out here. <laughs> Anytime. Obviously, you are the principal of Oceanside Collegiate Academy. Describe Brenda Corley's principal these days. Oh, Brenda Corley is principal. Quentin, I started as a teacher. Um, loved my time as a teacher. I taught in Charleston and um, I taught at a place called Clark Academy. Sure. You know about Clark? Right. You know what? Um, tough place, but probably the best five years of my career but i didn't know it while i was in it you know it's so weird that you can be it, having the best time and you don't know it until you left until you leave but um after that made me that made me know that i wanted to work with kids in a little bit of a, a deeper way so i went back and got my master's in school counseling wow. then i was a guidance counselor for about five years in Dorchester sure. um, and then I went back that being a guidance counselor taught me that it just gave me that bigger broader view of, of school so when you teach you kind of just have your own little kingdom and that's your classroom and then you're a guidance counselor and that kind of opens up the school a little bit bigger and um, you know I thought I could make a difference and I was <laughs> looking at my principles and thinking about what not to do like sure. oh, I would never do that <laughs> so uh, I went back and got another uh, master's in, in leadership and um, ended up at Wando High School yeah. uh, with Miss Beckham sure. and um, you know that was five years of, of school the school of Beckham um, which changed I think who I am and how I see education and um, ocean she of course past and um, that was tough you know that was super just hard for me to deal with I really couldn't be there without her um, and at the same time Oceanside came up so it was like a, a little wink from the universe I don't know <laughs> um, and here we are you know just this is our fourth year we started in McClellanville because our, the building wasn't ready and um, enrollment was low we had 325 students oh. and you know we barely made it that year it was it was a struggle it was um this charter school world it's um you know it'll make you be scrappy and and <laughs> light on your feet because we have a budget and um and you're held accountable and if a school doesn't work they'll shut you down you know so there was a lot of pressure all of a sudden i went from being in a position where it's not you really don't have control over a lot in a traditional school setting you move to a charter school sort of world and now you have all the control but guess what all the responsibility so all of a sudden your kids achieving it's your number one goal right. but then you're also responsible for teachers feeding their families you know if, if your school folds people are out of work and um, and then our whole focus of 
athletics and academics and you know we had a lot a lot of stuff to figure out that first year but we did it you know I'm I think I learned over the last four years that I am really good at putting teams together mm. and <laughs> and you know you you don't I've never been in a position where I got to pick I got to pick my entire team quite right, right. I mean everybody Everybody in this building yes. has come through that desk. <laughs> and it's sort of, we've ended up with um, a staff that's, in a way, they're not, there's a little piece of me in all of them. Mm. And um, so there's this energy in the building that, you know, the more you get to know me, you'll know that I'm just kind of quirky, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> um, and just a love for the kids and um, and each other and and it's been a beautiful beautiful journey it almost killed me but you know we're in year four and we have won five state championships yes. two second year and three last year yeah. we just won our right. first one right. this year for swim thank you yeah. um, and the kids are happy Quentin I've got happy kids and I've got happy teachers and what else do I want yeah how do you translate accountability experience and leadership into saying, hey, I want to run and serve the citizens of Mount Pleasant on Mount Pleasant Town Council? Mm. That's such a good question because I think they're all tied together. So through this process, another lesson I've learned has been that this school would not be, we would be a regular high school if it were not for that, you know, that team. Yes, I put together, but quitting our parents and I, I'm not I'm not being over dramatic we have got the best parents I've ever been around they're just they're supportive um, they understand what we're trying to do they they help me to hold our kids accountable um, and when I need them they show up you know and and that and along with we have needed so many partnerships when it comes to this school success because we have no facilities. So we have we have to do everything that a traditional school has to do, but they don't give you facility. So we have we actually have a mortgage where another school would not have a mortgage, right? The district would pay for that. Right. Um, and we have to we have no facilities for our kids to play sports in. So it has been a journey and a challenge and the relationships that have been built with the town and town staff so we started working with the parks and recreation sure. some council members like gary santos right. the recreation committee yeah. they have just been so um just willing and at, at the same token we were like yes you need to use your building yes like uh the swat team needed usually bars it during the summer we're like yes uh our gym is probably used more by the town that than by my kids okay. and it's just been a very symbiotic sort of relationship and you know after I started going to committee meetings and going to council meetings and because I thought as a school leader in Mount Pleasant I needed to be more informed and that's not something I did in the past I guess because I felt like I really didn't have any power to do anything about anything so um, how do you hope those people would hold, you, would hold you accountable if you were on town council today? How do you think that who? the citizens will hold you accountable? 
How will they hold me accountable? I think that the mere fact that elections are held, and this will be my first time that I ever <laughs> will ever think about doing anything like this, but as I'm seeing people supporting me, and so far it's been the most beautiful thing. I have gotten no hate, no negativity. Um, and it, to me, it's so simple. You either vote for somebody or you don't. So if you feel like I'm going to do a good job for you, representing you, um, giving you a voice, which is what a politician should do, right? We're, they're there. It's not so much about what what am, what, are, what am I going to do, but how am I going to represent you, right? So this whole politician thing, I'm learning so much, Quentin. Like you don't, I am, I am not the same person I was two months ago. <laughs> I'm not. This is just crazy. But if you think about it, why are people asking me all these crazy questions about how are you going to fix the traffic on 17 and 41? I'm like, I'm not a town planner. There are professionals that we have hired, um, and this is a tri-county effort. Mm -hmm. But I'm just getting so many questions that are so specific that, that I think we need to focus more on the people we're electing should be leaders. They should have a proven track record of leadership. Um, they need to be good communicators, and they need to be, I don't want to be called a role model, but they need to be people with grace, right, that can talk to each other and work collaboratively and, and know that hard decisions are going to have to be made and you can still do those and, and hold credibility, credibility with your constituents. And if I don't do a good job, I get voted out. So there's no pressure. It's so simple. It's like <laughs> you do a good job, then, and if you want to run again, then you get reelected. If you don't do the job you said you were going to do, right, and you don't communicate, because I think communication is such a huge piece. Um, is that lacking on town council in Mount Pleasant? <laughs> I don't know if it's communication or if it's that, and you know, they're all amazing people. Sure. I, I don't, and here's the thing I just thought about. Okay. If I get elected and this works out and it says, simple as I think it is, because I don't think it's that complicated. I'm going to make running for town council a cool thing. And because look how sad, how sad is this, Quentin? This is Mount Pleasant. We have over 93,000 people. Sure. You have nine people running for council. Right. Nine? One just dropped out? Right. Eight? Right. When the, the, the leadership and the, just in my parent population alone, I could give you 50 amazing candidates for for Mount Pleasant Council, but I don't think people want to go through the the process. You know, it's exhausting. I have learned how to make a web page, which I haven't done since college. Um, <laughs> I have like a Facebook page going. I had to make signs, bumper stickers. I am not a graphic artist. <laughs> I mean, and, and those forums are insane. Just you're getting a thousand questions thrown at you. The Republican form, where you actually were given yes and no signs to questions that were obviously not yes and no. But I listen. I'm already quitting. I've got this figured out. You, you ready? I do. I got it figured out. In two years, we're gonna have thirty people run for council because I'm gonna make it cool to be a council person. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna try to fix this whole forum thing. That's crazy. Mm. You should be able to just. Give people a resume. This is who I am. This is what I've done. This is the way I feel about big, broad things, right? So people know, are you, are you 
pro um, managing growth and keeping our quality of life or are you pro making us a city and having a railway through the town and we're going to be the next Atlanta, Georgia? You know what I mean? I think you just have to know who you are, who that candidate is at, at his or her core and then make a decision based on that. And this forum things are not, they need to be more of a, a dinner party with like already snacks and then you're talking to people and getting to know who they are. But if we can do that, I think more people would run for office. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you some tough questions. Oh, goodness. Okay, go. And this is coming from your Facebook page. Obviously, yes. the Post and Corey has asked a lot of the candidates what do they think on certain issues. Yes. And the Post and Corey asked you this. How will Mount Pleasant adjust to the economic implications of the town reaching a build-out scenario in the near future? Will tax increases be necessary? He said this. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to the town's future revenue needs. My question to you this is this, Brenda. What revenue needs does the town need right now? Right now, we are... Listen, there's, this, there's uh, some people that are saying we are at a cliff we're about to go broke and then you talk to the mayor and he's like we have not we're, we do not have a deficit we have um it's a it's a multi-million dollar budget and it has to be balanced by ordinance right so we cannot be in debt and he sees a bright future ahead and i think i have faith in his um economic he's got an economic development committee working right now and they're really i mean there's some bright minds working on how to change our economy from that um construction economy to something else you know something that's going to bring those higher paying jobs to mount pleasant as a matter of fact you i believe you said this too yeah, well i think let me see here i think it's the uh, post court that says this oh. uh, yeah well i think you told them this too Every new house adds around 1300 per year in the expense of the town, yet a home must be valued at over $800,000 before we even break, break even, that is. Yes. My question to you is, is this, Brenda, how many new homes in the Mount Pleasant area have been built this year in your mind? Well, I know that it's been, um, I don't know exactly the number, but I know it's been 2%. So we had a 2% um, rate of new construction, I believe. Okay. Not 100% sure, okay. but I heard that in one of the one of the either council meetings or my meetings with the town manager. I'm trying to learn so much, Quentin, but it's a lot of information um, coming at you in two months. Can I tell you a funny story? Sure. Um, so two months ago, first council meeting or whatever, uh, a year ago, I start hearing this word called uh, a donut hole. Sure. And I'm in a meeting. It's nine o'clock at night and I'm hungry and they're like, they're talking about donut holes and I'm like, where are they? Because I would love <laughs> I mean, I was Googling. I'm like, I don't think this is food. So I'm, no. I'm Googling donut hole. And I'm like, it's not even in Google. No, no I had to actually talk to a human being and go, uh, can you please fill me in in this donut hole? <laughs> well, let me ask you that. Obviously, there's a lot of donut holes when it comes oh, to issues with Coleman Boulevard yes. and the heights there. Yes. When you think of that, what do you think? I think that... Um, the whole donut hole thing is so interesting because you can't just annex people, right? They have to want to be annexed. And the mate with that last thing with the donut hole and building heights, right. that was a total compromise and one that I feel that the like the mayor did such a good job explaining it as to and during the meeting he did it as well, you know, right. why how we got in this position, what the options were 
And um, that was a compromise that I, I supported 100%. And let me get back to, uh, I'll come back to that in a few, but you also said this to the Postal Courier too, in regards to obviously new houses being built in Mount Pleasant this year. You said this, quote, taking the quick and easy path of fixing the situation, which was brought about by our exponential growth rate over the last 10 years, only by raising property taxes, would meaning asking taxpayers to absorb a 30% property tax increase. What has been the exponential growth rate over the past 10 years? So we've gone from... I believe 50,000 people or 60,000 people to 93. That's, I think you would think that you you have to assume that everybody, towns have to grow. Because if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So, but the way that we grew was so just exponential. It was the only word I could think of. It wasn't linear. So we didn't go like this. We went like that. And uh, to... To be in the place we are, having gone through that sort of explosive growth, I can't, I know people talk a lot of stuff about um, council and the town, but I think they've done a, a beautiful job of, of managing that. And yes, we've got a little traffic or a lot of traffic and uh, we need to work on some infrastructure, but I think that the voters over the last two elections have been very clear about what they want and, and what they want this town to feel like and and um, and look like. And they're electing people that are going to hopefully carry that vision out and, and have them be heard. And, and I think a lot of time, maybe what's happening with council is that, and I'll find out, well, hopefully I'll find out soon, but you know, I don't know if you get into a position and then you forget that you're there to be the voice of the residents and you start thinking that, your head is what's commanding. Do you know what I mean? That it's whatever you think is best, it's what's best for all of us. That's just something I'm going to have. I've become super aware of, and I want to go into this following that through. You know, I am a politician. Is By definition, you are representing people. This is not about you. It's about what your constituents want. And it would be, you know... And I, I honestly, you know, I think that we just don't get involved enough. Okay. Had, had life not taken me down this path, um, you know, who knows? And let me get back to the uh, exponential growth rate here in the town of Mount Pleasant, because you told uh -oh. the person, Corey, this, quote, in what world would that be feasible? Not mine. Right. Crucial to Mount Pleasant is transitioning our economy from being a residential construction dependent to more diverse and modern economy. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you two questions, Brenda. What has a residential construction dependent done for the town so far? And the other question, what will a more diverse modern economy look like with you on town council? I think it has the the residential economy. I mean, it, it, it's gotten us to where we are. We have, <laughs> I think, my humble opinion, okay. we have fed off of that for a long time because it's been so massive. Um, and as far as how we're going to move into something else, again, I think there's already um, a plan in place. And I really feel like bringing those great minds of around the Tri-County area together uh, and doing things like that, you know, education, um, um, education, sorry, um, economy, what was it called again? The Oh, yes. Oh, the uh, uh, residential construction dependent. No, the, the, 
the committee that the mayor's working on. Oh yeah, the mayor's right. economic and business development right. panel. Right. So I, I have a lot of faith in the work that those people are doing. That along with the comprehensive plan, I think sure. putting those things together, we're on the right path. And a lot has been done. It's just a matter of finishing up that comprehensive plan and getting more people's or residents' opinions about um, what we're going to look like. And it's like a student handbook, right? So I think right now, unless they, until they get that comprehensive plan approved and passed, it's kind of like running a school without a student handbook. Now, you said this to the Post and Quarry as well, quote, the Mayor's Economic Business and Development Panel, a committee of dozens of business leaders, and another council member has been tasked with producing an economic development, development strategic plan, that is, that aligns the town with the strategy of the Charleston Regional Development Alliance, which has brought in 50,000 jobs right. to the region. Right. That's what I, I read that. Yeah. In that plan, what part of the plan is something that the town can implement right now, Brenda? Something that, well, we are, I, th I think, a good sort of good industries to bring to town would be IT, um, corporate headquarters. I know we definitely are in need of more uh, restaurants and um, customer friendly businesses north of 41. Mm -hmm. I live in um, Commonwealth. Oh, yeah. So, you know, things like that. Things like that. Okay. And uh, you also said this too, and obviously this is a big topic around town, and that's housing. Uh, the paper actually this, the post inquiry meeting uh, actually this, are there any parts of Mount Pleasant well suited to denser mixed use development? It's so weird. Your answer was this. I feel our residents have spoken in regard to density, and it doesn't seem to be what they want. Any area zone for the light industrial, commercial, or corporate headquarters users should be promoted for just that. The will that be that will be the tax base that drives our town into the future. But what's the tax base right now? What's the tax base right now in the town of Mount Pleasant? I am not sure. I'm sorry. Uh, let me move over to the strong, <laughs> uh, weak mayor issue. Yeah. Uh, they, they mean the post inquiry actually this. It's a strong, a weak mayor system ideal for Mount Pleasant. And why? You said this, quote, I believe the headline-grabbing stories, which have derived from council over the last couple of years, have given most of us a misconception that the town's government is not effective. Even though we're going to do exponential growth and we're not as proactive as we could have been with some of the decisions which were made in past, we still live in the best city of the United States. I have the truest admiration and respect for our current mayor, Will Haney, and for our town staff. If the residents wish to make that decision at the ballot box, I would support the referendum. In the meanwhile, we need to keep moving in a positive direction and never forget our residents' desire to stay a town where people feel safe, have great schools, and have a thriving business community. How do you hope to keep that positive direction going with the current system? I think if we just, hopefully we can get some council people who will um, maybe be a little bit more open to having discussions that are more civil and um, and work collaboratively. I just, right now there's so much dysfunction. I don't know how they got there. I honestly don't know that I could fix it single-handedly. Put it, for example, let's just say that somebody just plopped me in the middle of the, the current nine and said, um, fix this, make this team a, a solid team. I, I don't know that I could do it, Quentin, and, and I'm 
you know, I haven't followed them enough to see how they got to that point. Um, I do know that there's hope in the future. I think a lot of the, there's quite a few candidates who are running who, I think we've all learned from this. And I don't, I don't know of anybody who's running for council right now who doesn't understand the priority it is for everybody to just get along and be civil and, um, and, and help this town move forward, not just with policy, but just the need to stay off the newspapers and, um, and negative social media. I mean, the, the attacks, I don't know if you're following it, but it's, it's intense. And, and again, I think it's keeping really good, well-meaning, uh, proven leaders from, from going through the process. I mean, you, you talk about priorities. How much is it a priority right now for town council to deal with affordable housing, workforce housing? I think that is a, a, a big priority. I would, I would love to study the, the concept more. I know that I was um, speaking with um, a pretty big developer in, in the area about something else, not having anything to do with, this was before I was even running for council. Sure. And um, he, he was the one that, one that brought it up. You know, he was super interested in, in working with the town and, and starting that conversation. And uh, But I think it's gonna take a developer, it's gonna take a developer who's also a philanthropist and um, and the town, and they already have a, a couple of committees. I know the town has funded, um, is working with a foundation right now who works on, is looking at that. Yeah, Steve Dudash and them. Yes. So, I mean, I, I see hope. It's just the one the one big thing when I'm thinking about it, right, it's like I'll be driving and, and thinking how, not that it, I'm ever going to be able to fix this by myself, but, you know, <laughs> you try to, right, when you drive. Um, and, and that is how do you make, how do you ask a developer to not make a profit, right? So how do you gauge how much money he's going to make or, or who sets that? So I guess he would have to, you know, give up his profit in order to develop this uh, facility or neighborhood. And then after that, it's so cool. But I mean, think about it. Would it be like this rent control departments in New York, right? Where you, you, you buy the house, but then you can't sell it because it's just, it's so interesting. The whole thing is so mind boggling. And that, that brings me to another question. I, I've been talking to a lot of people about this on Quentin School Subs, but yeah. if a developer were to come into town in Mount Pleasant and develop affordable housing or workforce yeah. housing, how much percentage of that money do they, do you want, do you all want them to bring back into the community to help the community with certain initiatives? So are you saying when we make this deal, part of the deal would be for the developer to put money back, back into in the, the community? But wouldn't they be doing that by just not making as much profit on the developer, on the development? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. wouldn't they have to make, develop those houses for such a deal that we would be able to work out that structure where you could buy a house in Mount Pleasant for and and what would be affordable housing? Would it be three hundred thousand, or would it be four hundred thousand, or two hundred thousand? Like, what's affordable when you're a teacher and you're making fifty thousand dollars a year on average, right? Um, and you're single, how much house can you afford? That would be fifty thousand. That would be 
no more than 150,000. So how, 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 do you, <laughs> how do you make it that affordable that, but see what I mean? There's, we could sit here all day and I could, I could ask you just as many questions. Well, let me ask you this then. <laughs> what type of housing does Mount Pleasant need now? Is it workforce housing, attainable housing, or affordable housing? I would focus first on workforce. Okay. And why now? Work, just because, I mean, think about it. It's getting harder and harder. My teachers don't live here. They, most of them live in, um, I've got a couple that live in Somerville, West Ashley, right. um, Goose Creek, the ones that are married and established. Yeah, you know, they can, they can. I'm telling you what, if I had not gotten into Mount Pleasant when I got into Mount Pleasant, which was a long time ago, I don't think I, I couldn't swing it. Mm. But I'm here. You're here. I did it. You did it. <laughs> she said, but. <laughs> let me talk to you more about that. Let me get away from politics. And we want, I know you want to talk about National Heritage Month. Yes, it is. Where are you wrestling with that? I am so, um, I don't know why I love this month. I think it's the one month where you actually get to, um, I, I do, I think about where I came from and how I ended here and my gratitude for this country. It's always there, but during this month, um, it just and and this year the theme behind the um, Hispanic Heritage Month is service, which I think it's such a cool concept because you know Hispanics in this country do serve. You know we serve in so many different uh, aspects. I myself served. I served literally. I waited tables. Yeah. I was a bartender. Right. Uh, I taught. Right. I was a guidance counselor, school administrator. I mean I, I've and I believe in servant leadership. Um, Meaning that I, I serve those who I lead, right? So my main focus at school is always, um, it's, you might find it interesting, but it, I, I've got this, um, I take care of my teachers, right? They're my number one. And everybody in this building knows that their job is to take care of our teachers uh, because they're the ones who take care of our kids, sure. you know, and I've found that. Happy teachers, happy kids, happy kids, happy parents, right. happy parents, sure. happy moi. Um, so, but yeah, I got to uh, speak at the State Department last week and it was an amazing experience. And um, and just being a Hispanic leader, Quentin, I'm, I'm usually, I have never met another one in South Carolina. I know that once you leave the state, you know, there's, there's a lot of us represented in every areas of everything to include government, but in South Carolina, if there is another <laughs> school leader out there who is Hispanic, please email me because right now I think I'm the only one. And we're not represented in government at all, at all, not one. And, um, you know, I know it's small and it's little, but I think that if I get on council, it's going to be super meaningful for me. Um, and I would love to. I think it's going to be so cool. I think the first thing I do when if I get elected is I'm going to go to some elementary school and find a little a little brown girl and look at her and go, you know, <laughs> you can do this. I, I did it because we have no we we have very few people that we can look to, you know, like and go, whoa, you know, she can do it. I could do it too. What, what is? Sense? Well, I can't just that. <laughs> I'll let the viewers do that. <laughs> I try to be unbiased. I got you. But um, let me ask you this. What is the future of Hispanics in the town of Mount Pleasant? And what would you do on day one for them? 
Oh, man, that's such a good question. Number one, I think, is just having representation. Seeing somebody like you in a position of leadership, it's huge. Just to let you know that it's possible you're not invisible. Uh, I think sometimes we feel invisible. Education, I I was in a meeting about two months ago, and uh, they were talking about diversity in schools. And um, I found out that we don't even count towards diversity. So Hispanics, so all that the school all that the State Department of Education is concerned with are white kids and black kids. So you have schools in South Carolina that are 95% Hispanic, but those schools are not diverse. And they'll get dinged on the diversity ratio. And that's just like one of those eye-opening things where you're like, you know, is, is anybody worried about how we perform, right? How, how do Hispanics perform? Um, and I'm, I think you'll find me, um, I'm worried about all kids, but I look at us as they're my kids, you know. I they're white, brown, black. They're our kids, but the State Department is always trying to break them into groups, right? So they can't ever talk to you about just kids. It's always how are your white kids doing, how are your black kids doing. But nobody ever asked me how my Hispanic kids are doing. <laughs> so, uh, or you know, does that make you diverse if you have a Hispanic school? So, and I, I'm just starting this journey of getting educated and figuring out how to make it better but i think that you you know you work all your life and i've worked so hard physically and just going to school and i was a single mom and you know the struggle was real and i think um you know i went through a, a bad divorce and i'm finally the last 10 years i've got an amazing supportive husband um it's actually been 11 years it's gonna kill me um and and my girls are grown sorry my girls are grown and um you know i'm done with my schooling i never want to see another (laughs) another (laughs) college class as long as i live but i think i'm just finally to that point where um, i'm starting to see the issues and and trying to at least figure out what i can hit first and, and focus on first and learn. I think this council experience is gonna be, for me personally, it's gonna be an amazing learning opportunity. Um, like I told you, I, I have already learned so much in in the very short time that I've even volunteered to do this. Uh, I can't imagine what you and I talking next year will look like you know the things i'll be the questions i'll be able to answer <laughs> i think you're gonna be so proud of me you're gonna be like brenda you learned that much in a year wow you're gonna be i'm an amazing i'm an amazing student i will work hard i will read but i have a lot of work to do and i know you were, were in the news recently what is that like being in the news in the news what was in the news about I thought it was it you. <laughs> oh, did I just get you or something? Wrong? <laughs> I was in the news. What, what, did I, what did I do? Which thing? Town council. <laughs> Town council in the news. Yes. What? What was that like? Well, that was. What are you talking about? I'm not saying anything. You say it. I got you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for this. This was fun. I mean, this was so much fun. I'm telling you, Quentin, this time next year, if I win, if I lose, you can still come by and talk to me. I'll be here. Yeah, you super be, happy. Yeah, you'll be. Still, <laughs> but if I win, 
I'm going to be, you're going to be like, is this um, uh, Sotomayor or is this Brenda Corley? Because I'm going to be at that level. I'm going to know. Mm. I'm going to know. I'm going to know a lot. All righty then. Yeah. Well, Brenda Corley, thank you so much for your time. And again, welcome to Quentin's Close Ups. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs> this is fun. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs>